Hello everybody, welcome back to Hummus Tailgate Party. I'm your host, one Thomas Jackson. Hope you all are having a safe and happy holiday season. Hope everyone's travels have been going better than mine have. Um, we are here with my little brother, Will Knight, to talk about some bowl games. Will, happy holidays. Thanks for joining the pod, brother. Thank you for having me on, Thomas. So we will... Uh, previews some of the quick off the field news and um, then we'll hop right into the remainder of the bowl games we're recording this on what is today Monday 26. December 26th um, in the middle of the day so most of the bigger bowl games of the season are kicking off here in a day or two to get us through the uh, New Year's Day or day after slate including the college football playoffs so we'll talk about everything uh, Kind of remaining for the rest of the season. So quickly an update on the HTB Bowl Pick'em group. Thanks to those of you who joined and are playing along. Uh, we have an absolute log jam up at the top all the way from spots one to seven or so. Uh, everybody's within one game of each other, but uh, I am in the pack of three in first place as long as well as my brother Jackson Sparrow and whoever's heads or tails please text me or DM me because I don't know who you are uh, but you're doing great <laughs> the three of us are at 10 and 7 and then we've got Christina Alex and Dylan and Will all at 9 and 8 so it's still very much anybody's game and uh, look forward to the more interesting games that people probably have a few stronger opinions on uh, as opposed to bowl games such as the New Orleans Bowl and Bahamas Bowl, which are fun to watch but hard to take a really strong stance one way or the other. So it'll get more entertaining going forward, but right now everybody's within one game of the lead. So congrats to everybody on a pretty good start. Uh, a couple quick notes about the transfer portal. Since we last discussed on the podcast, uh, we've got Drew Pine, who was the quarterback at Notre Dame, will be transferring to Arizona State. Emory Jones, who was at Flor or at Arizona State by way of Gainesville, Florida, will be transferring to Cincinnati. Devin Leary is transferring to Kentucky. Graham Mertz was apparently at first it sounded like he was going to Kentucky but now he's going to Florida um, with Anthony Richardson I guess expected to go to the draft and JT Daniels will be on his fourth team going to Houston Texas to play for Rice uh, by way of Los Angeles Athens and Morgantown West Virginia so quite the journey for JT uh, if nothing else, he should be able to lock down a very, very prestigious degree because it might not be happening for him on the football field in the long run. With all of that, I uh, hope you guys saw the recruiting stuff on Instagram. I don't really have time to go into all of that stuff today, but just gave some thoughts on the top 20 on my story a few days ago when I was trapped in the airport. And yeah, with that, we will dive into the bowl games. So the first, we're not going to talk about all of them, just kind of the ones that Will and I thought were uh, interesting or entertaining or had at least marquee programs playing in them. Uh, so the first one we've got on our docket here today, we'll start and do these chronologically. Uh, Wednesday, December 28th, the Liberty Bowl, which is played in Memphis, Tennessee. Kansas plays Arkansas. An old uh, Southwest Conference battle, I believe. 
The Hogs are a three-point favorite. They have had a so-so season, kind of up and down all along. Kansas, after a super hot start, kind of came back down to earth, but still a massive, uh, massive year for that program. Will, any, uh, any thoughts on this one? How do you see this one going down? Um, I see Arkansas covering in this one. Kansas, they're both they're both kind of similar teams, but Arkansas having played at FC- SEC and having more tough competition, I think that Kansas will be an easier opponent for them. Um, you know, very similar teams. Also with Arkansas, I'm very familiar with KJ Jefferson. Seems like he's been uh, their quarterback for a few years now, and I'm pretty sure he just announced that he's staying for another with his extra year of eligibility. Um, but yeah, I think Kansas, obviously, like you said, they started off hot, like 4-0, 5-0, but after it seemed like college game day went there against, was that the TCU game, I think? TCU-Kansas? Uh, that sounds right, I believe so. Yeah, it just seems like their season really fell off, even though this was, you know... Uh, historic season for them going six and six over the past 20 years what do you think yeah I actually like Kansas to not only cover but win this game outright I just I kind of like the teams that are in their spot even if they did struggle uh, down the end of the season I just think that they're all going to be really fired up to play in this bowl game and they had a very dynamic offense that can play with a lot of good teams you mentioned that Arkansas' schedule was a little bit tougher, which is probably true, but the Big 12 was no slouch at all this year, so I kind of think the the Jayhawks will be coming out a little more inspired than the Hogs here, and Arkansas just had such a weird season. It's kind of kind of hard to predict what, what Arkansas you're going to get on any given Saturday, so I'm going to take uh, the Jayhawks here to cover and win the game outright. Later on the 28th, Wednesday, we have the Holiday Bowl in San Diego, where Oregon is playing North Carolina. Oregon has jumped out to over a two-touchdown favorite in this game. The line has moved pretty sharply in their favor. Uh, They are a 14.5-point favorite over the Tar Heels. Oregon had a pretty good season overall. UNC... Did as well. Their defense, defensive struggles were noted, um, you know, on a national scale from really week one of the season. Oregon had Pac-12 title game hopes and even dark horse playoff hopes going into the season, but after the thromping by Georgia, those were tampered pretty quickly, at least on the national stage. Um, but yeah, they 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 bounced back really strong. Bonix had a really good year. I think he announced that he's going back for his final year of eligibility in Eugene in 2023. Um, but yeah, the 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 high powered Oregon offense and weak UNC defense is probably why we see such a big point spread here. Will, how do you see this one playing out? Um, you know, I definitely think that North Carolina can put up some points uh, with Drake May. He's been, you know, a pretty solid quarterback for their program this year, going 9-3. and three. Definitely not super disappointing season. Um, I think that Oregon probably wins, but UNC uh, will cover with that uh, plus 14.5. Oregon has some big wins over Utah. Like you said, you know, they had playoff hopes, and it seemed like, you know, they kind of went on a – uh, hot streak after that Georgia loss, but it got ended by when they got beat by Washington at home. Um, but I do think with Bo Nix, Bo Nix has had really good season. You know, throughout the season he was in the Heisman talks. Um, so I think Oregon gets the job done, but UNC keeps it at least interesting. 
Yeah, I think Nix is just focused and having enough fun to to get this done one last time for the Ducks this season and carry some positive momentum into next year with after a great recruiting class that they just signed, they can really set their sights on the Pac-12 and beyond. On Thursday, we have my personal favorite, the Cheez-It Bowl, where the Oklahoma Sooners are playing the Florida State Seminoles. Uh, OU really disappointing year. FSU, they definitely have had their best season in quite some time since the whole Jimbo collapse of that program. The Knolls are about a nine and a half point favorite in this one. I don't even know where this is played. It's moved around like four times. Ah, yes, at beautiful Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Ooh. How could I forget? Uh, um, thoughts on this one, William? <clears throat> um, what's the line on this game? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Yeah, I definitely think FSU wins big and covers that line. Oklahoma's had really a horrible season. Um, Florida State overperformed, I think, what a lot of people were expecting. Um, you know, probably their biggest game against Clemson. They lost by about a touchdown, um, and Clemson's a really solid team, so they can definitely hang with the big guys. So I think they'll have no problem taking them um, taking on the Sooners. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I think Oklahoma's ready to forget about this season, and Florida State is uh, still enjoying their successes that they haven't had and. In a while there in Tallahassee, so I think the Knolls get it done by at least 10. Uh, on Thursday at 8 o'clock Central, we have the Alamo Bowl played in San Antonio, Texas, between the Texas Longhorns and the Washington Huskies. Texas is a three-point favorite in this one. What you got, Will? Um, I'm going with the upset with Washington right here. They had a really good season beating Oregon, finishing 12th in the rankings, going 10-2. and two. Uh, Texas, on the other hand, they went eight and four. Um, they had a pretty average season. You know, they could have had. There was a few close games, like against Alabama, against Texas Tech. Uh, Texas Tech game going to overtime, where they definitely, if they could have picked up one or two more games, and they could have a, a whole different uh, outlook on the end of the season. But with the way their schedule fell and everything, um, they couldn't finish in the close games. And with this one, the line being three points, I think. Washington with uh, what they proved this season um, can get it done. Yeah, this is a really interesting one. I think this is going to be one of the better bowl games of the entire uh, week that we have coming up here. I think Washington was maybe the sneakiest 10-win team in the country. Like Nobody was really, really talking about them when it came to the Pac-12 or when it came to the Certainly not the playoff, but I, when I was looking over all the games for the preparation for this episode, I didn't even, I thought that they had won eight or nine games, more like Texas had. Mm -hmm. And Texas, it feels like they should have been a couple games better than eight and four, and they were, like you said, really close to doing so. I mean, Texas is a really good team. They just, they had a tough schedule and had some tough losses this year, but I mean, these really are a couple of 10 win quality Football teams, I know the computers really like Texas and everything, even though their record isn't as good as you might uh, expect it to be for a, a squad with that amount of talent. So I'm kind of conflicted on this one. Uh, since it's so close, I kind of lean Washington in the points, but uh, you know, I could see it going either way. It's like a home game for Texas, and they just signed a top three or four recruiting class, so they've got a lot of momentum despite a slightly disappointing season with the way that a couple of those games uh, ended for the Longhorns, but some some good vibes coming out of Austin. So I guess I don't know. Probably probably the the three point spread feels feels like it could be spot on to me. I don't have a strong lean either way. 
on uh, Friday, December 30th, as the second holiday weekend kind of gets going. We've got the Gator Bowl, uh, which I think will also be one of the best games of the entire bowl slate. Notre Dame plays South Carolina. The Fighting Irish are a two-point favorite in this one. Uh, Both of these teams had slow starts to the year and finished super, super strong, Um, especially the Gamecocks knocking off Tennessee and Clemson. So both of these teams, although they might not have had, well, I think South Carolina is probably pretty satisfied with where they're at. Um, what is that? They're eight, they finished eight and four, I think, for the second straight year. Notre Dame had the same record, but after their disastrous start in September, I think they're pretty pretty pleased with how they were able to keep the ship afloat and uh, pull the program together so that they're looking better going into 2023. Will opinions on the Gator Bowl? Um, I think this is definitely going to be, like you said, one of the better bowl games. Both these teams are very confusing. Um, You know, Notre Dame had a huge win over Clemson, which really knocked Clemson out of the playoff hopes. But a lot of people were confused how they won so big after they lost to Marshall in the beginning of the season. Same thing with South Carolina. They knocked off Tennessee and Clemson the last two games of their season, I'm pretty sure. But they lost to, for example, Missouri, who was really bad this year. Um, But, you know, South Carolina with the two big wins over uh, Tennessee, especially over Tennessee, you know, they won by... Uh, like over 20 points I'm pretty sure so if they can beat you know Tennessee and Clemson on the road then I don't think they'll have a problem with Notre Dame Um, so I think that South Carolina wins and covers yeah I kind of like the underdog Gamecocks in this one as well should be a pretty physical fun football game to watch there during the day on Friday and at nighttime we have the orangest orange bowl of all time with Clemson playing Tennessee Uh, Both of these teams, like we just mentioned, lost to South Carolina, Uh, Tennessee in the second to last last week of the regular season, smashing their playoff hopes, and Clemson in the last week of the regular season, smashing their playoff hopes. So, um, yeah, neither of these teams have their starting quarterback from the season with DJ transferring. Oh, I forgot to even mention that in the top of the episode, but... DJ is transferring to Oregon State, and of course, Hendon Hooker got injured in the fourth quarter of that South Carolina game. So we will have Cade Klubnik for Clemson playing, and um, what's the cat's name? Joe Milton for Tennessee taking over the rain. So this game definitely could have been a little more exciting if they were at full full star power there, but honestly, at this point, I'm just excited to see Cade Klubnik play for Clemson and see what he has to offer in, uh, you know, even though this isn't a playoff game, it's still a really big bowl game, especially for Tennessee, not having made it to a game like this in basically my brother's entire life yeah, lifetime. So even without Hooker, I think the Vols have a lot to play for to, you know, put a bow on the on this season and come out really strong. Um, who do you think is going to uh, come out on top of the Orange Bowl? Will? Yeah, this is, for me, this game's really 50-50. Um, I think in the end, though, Tennessee will take the edge. I'm not too familiar with either of their backup quarterbacks. Um, I know... I know Joe Melton, he's been there, you know, for a few years. Is Cade, is he the freshman? He is a super highly touted recruit that played a little bit on and off this season and 
has shown signs of hope, but the fact that he wasn't able to ever win the job over DJ, you know, suggests that, I mean, I'm not going to write the kid off, but maybe he just needs this whole season to kind of get the system under his belt and, uh, you know, really go into next year ready to be the guy. But now he's had a whole season to basically figure it out and get it under his belt. Now he gets to play in a game where even though it's a big spot, there's not a ton of pressure. Uh, You know, nothing's sky's not going to fall if you lose this game. Um, So you can kind of go out and let it fly and see what you got going into next year. But yeah, he's, he's got an extremely high ceiling. Yeah, no, I I remember him being, um, you know, one of the highest recruits. And in a lot of these bigger programs, usually you don't have a freshman who can just walk in and play. Usually you give it the starting job to a more experienced quarterback, who in that case was DJ, even though he didn't have the brightest season. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited now after hearing that to see what – he can do and maybe he can um, really prove his point and show hope for next next year for Clemson but in the end um, I still think the Vols with the season they had have a a better overall team and they definitely proved more uh, in the season than Clemson did. Yeah I think Tennessee's the better team as well Um, I'm gonna take them to cover and win this game myself I think even though they don't have their star guy in Hendon Hooker, uh, Joe Milton, you know, he's not a bad QB, and at this point, he's been in the college game for at least three or four years. It's hard to even know anymore, so I think that he'll be able to sear the ship and get the victory over this, you know, 11 win, but still kind of underwhelming uh, Clemson team in Miami. Now we're going to move on to New Year's Eve, Saturday, December 31st. Uh, Really, really good day here where we will get into the playoff games here in a minute. But first, we have a couple games in the morning uh, headlined by Alabama and Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. 11 a.m., pretty early kickoff for those who have been uh, celebrating the new year coming in New Orleans for a couple of days, but... Don't think we're going to have a big crowd, whether this game was in the morning or at nighttime uh, for this one. Shockingly, Bryce Young and Will Anderson are playing. I tip my cap. I respect them for their decision. However, I will be watching the whole game with more anxiety and PTSD from the two-a-days than I would technically prefer to have. Um, but you know, hopefully they can play a clean, safe game and go in towards the draft, um, unscathed. I never really know what to think about these games other than I don't know what to really, you know, it's, it's hard to get an opinion because a lot of guys have already entered the transfer portal. Obviously Alabama's season was a big disappointment, um, if Bryce and Will were not playing, I would say put next month's rent on Kansas State, but the fact that they are making this pretty unusual decision for a guy, guys who could be the first and second overall draft pick to play shows you that they're probably not just going to come out and just mail it in for a quarter or two. Like if they're going through the effort uh, and trouble to play in this game, they're probably going to be giving it their all. And I believe this might give their teammates a little bit of juice they wouldn't have had otherwise in this game to come out and send them off the right way. If they weren't playing, I would expect Kansas State to win this one maybe by multiple scores. 
uh, because we've seen this happen to Alabama before in these exact same spots in this exact same bowl game, specifically against Utah in 2008 and Oklahoma in 2013 when national championship hopes got killed pretty late in the season and they came and just could, could not have cared less about the bowl game. So... The fact that we have the two best players playing makes me lean towards an Alabama win. I still don't really know about a cover. I have a lot of respect for this Kansas State team. I've talked about them and backed them a lot this year. And uh, they've got a really dynamic offense and have done super well against a very tough schedule. Week in, week out in the Big 12 this year. So I'm kind of all over the place. I think, uh, I guess my pick would be Alabama win, Kansas State cover. Um, so a close one, close one either way, but what, what do you got? Do you have a more of a feel on it than I do? Um, a little bit cause I'm going to take Alabama win, Alabama cover in this one with Bryce Young and Will Anderson playing. Um, you know, it'd be, it's really interesting that with the two of them playing the line is, uh, minus six and a half. It seems like in the earlier in the season, even when the week before Alabama really, uh, laid an egg they would be going into the next game with double digit um you know favorites but in this one so i can only imagine what the line would be without the two of them playing well Um, before if i can interrupt before they had announced that they were playing it was just assumed that they weren't mm -hmm. and the line was more like Alabama minus two, minus yeah. three. So, so that's a little that's a little more what I was expecting. Um, you know, and like you said, the Alabama team is definitely going to need some motivation because this is a absolutely huge game for Kansas State, and I assume they're fired up for this one to be able to beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. That would be um, an excellent cap to their season. You know, their quarterback Will Howard has had really solid season. Um, their running back has also been uh, very good. So I still think, though, with Bryce Young, he can, you know, he's so good at just making stuff happen and putting up points. I think that um, Alabama probably wins by a touchdown and covers the six and a half. But, you know, definitely probably I can see Kansas State keeping this one very interesting. Yeah, so we'll see. It's hard to tell what you're going to get in games like this for Alabama. But also at 11 a.m. Central on New Year's Eve, we have the Music City Bowl. Uh, with Iowa versus Kentucky. Last I saw, this total was at like 31 points, which is like damn near a historic low for a total to be that small. So don't expect much out of this one. These two teams actually played last year uh, in the Citrus Bowl it was, and Kentucky had a pretty exciting fourth quarter comeback win. I really don't know about this game because both of these schools have had so many people in the portal. Uh, These teams look a lot different than they did even a few weeks ago. So, you know, in a a game that is this low scoring, I tend to go with the the underdog just to take the points. So I guess guess the Kentucky cover is the only thing I would really feel halfway decent about going at plus two and a half. But even then, I I don't think I'd be touching this game with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, no, I agree with you with the Kentucky favorite. Both of these teams, you know, um, you're talking about the line uh, or the overall points scored. Both these teams' offenses have been super low scoring, especially Iowa earlier on this season. You know, they had a few games where, um, like, for example, against South Dakota State, I think the final in that game was like 7-3. to three. 
Um, so I think Kentucky gets this one done. Is Will Levis playing? I don't know. I I have not seen one way or the other. So okay, well you know definitely if <laughs> that's he, a big yeah, yeah. they if, probably win with him and probably don't without him. Yeah, um, that's a big factor in this game. Assuming that he does, I'm taking uh, the Wildcats in this one. All right, let's move on to slightly more exciting games. The college football playoff. Uh, st- we'll start off in Arizona with the Fiesta Bowl. The Michigan Wolverines making their second straight playoff appearance will play the TCU Horned Frogs in their first ever playoff appearance. This game is at 3 o'clock central. Michigan is a 7.5 point favorite. Will, why don't you take the lead on this one? Um, yeah, this is definitely a very interesting game. You know, TCU has had um, in the charts one of the best offenses in the country all season long. Uh, Michigan has had a pretty locked down defense. Um, you know, I Let's see, I'm looking at their schedule. The most points they let up all season was 27 to Maryland, and that was week, like, four. So they definitely locked down in the second half of the season. You know, that Ohio State offense was very good. They held them to 23 points. But um, this TCU offense is also something else, you know, putting up 50s, 40s, 50s points in almost all the games they played. Um, They couldn't get it done against Kansas State, um, but they definitely, uh, they were still scoring points, you know, they could, they could get it done. Kansas State was up like two touchdowns with like five minutes to go in that game and they put put up the points to send it to overtime. So um, I think that TCU will probably keep it interesting. and I can see them covering with that minus seven and a half. I I probably have Michigan by a touchdown in this one. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, pretty much pretty much on the same page there. I think that Michigan has earned the benefit of the doubt at this point after seeing what they did to Ohio State um, a few weeks ago. Just makes me think that they can play with and beat anybody in the country. TCU has looked a lot more, you know, they've just been squeaking out games left and right, which you absolutely deserve credit for. Uh, But they've, you know, even though I think they've played much better competition than Michigan, it's just they've been in a lot different types of ball games. Michigan's defense really can just squash you. And the battle between that unit and TCU's high-octane offense led by Max Duggan will be really fun to watch. I think that as good as Michigan's defense is, Max Duggan is the type of guy where it really doesn't matter if he's playing the 85 Bears. If he's down by 7 or 10 points in the fourth quarter, he is going to find a way to come back by God. Um, So with that being said, I think TCU will be able to keep it close, but I think the physicality and experience of Michigan is just going to be a little bit too much for the Horned Frog. So I like Michigan to go uh, to the national championship game when things are said and done. After this game concludes, we have the second semifinal game in Atlanta, the Peach Bowl. Georgia gets basically a home game. Ohio State always travels well, but, you know, once again, Georgia's playing right in their backyard. Uh, The Dogs are six-and-a-half-point favorites in this matchup. That starts at 7 Central, if I didn't mention that already. Um, Weird one here with Ohio State looking as bad as they did, getting the doors blown off by Michigan the last time we saw them. 
Um, they've got a bunch of guys injured. Um, I know that Henderson already announced that he will not be returning at all this season. Their receivers are, are some of the most talented guys in the country, but have been in and out all season long. Uh, CJ Stroud has not had the year that people were expecting him to as the Heisman Trophy uh, favorite to win it all before the season. So a lot of questions still on the Buckeyes side. Georgia, I feel like we know exactly what we've got with them. It's what we got last year. It's what they've given us all year this year. Um, plus they're, you know, even though Ohio State is going to bring a good crowd, Georgia will have the numbers in their building. So really interesting one here. Um, I think a lot of this might come down to what Buckeye players are going to, if any, are able to come back and give their offense a few more weapons against this stout Georgia defense. Will, how do you see this one going? Yeah, like you said, you know, I think that there's just too many questions surrounding Ohio State. Um, and kind of the difference between these two teams is Georgia, you know, they had a lot of top 25 matchups where, you know, everyone started questioning them, you know, Tennessee, can Tennessee get it done against them? Can Georgia, uh, can Georgia live up to their ranking and name? And they definitely did. Ohio State, on the other hand, with Michigan did not. Um, I like Georgia. They're just in in my opinion, they're a way better uh, overall rounded and efficient team than what I've seen out of Ohio State. And I, I think in games like this, um, you know, especially uh, since it's in Atlanta, that'll be like a home game. The only game they've played in Atlanta was against Oregon this year, who is a top 15 team, and Georgia beat them by like 49. So I definitely think that Georgia covers and probably wins by double digits in this one. Yeah, I agree with that. That just feels like the the most likely outcome if you were to play this game 10 times. I think Georgia's winning and covering most of them. Um, I will be, not even just because of a anti-Georgia, as a SEC rival of my team thing, but I will be rooting for Ohio State if Michigan gets it done in that first game to see a rematch of that rivalry in the national championship that will have, uh, is something that we've never seen before and will rival like the Duke UNC final four game from this past March or April. That would be really exciting for those of us who don't have a dog in the fight, but we'll see. Um, I think we both agree the favorites of Michigan and Georgia will move on to the championship game and we'll talk about, you know, when it, whenever the matchup is set. We'll do another episode and chit-chat about that, um, maybe with someone who knows one of the teams more than I do um, for the Natty. But yeah, we'll talk about that in a week or so. Uh, so all of that goes down on Saturday. That's New Year's Eve. On Sunday, January 1st, when we normally have a lot of the bowl games, such as the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl, uh, there are no college football games because that's Sunday, so it's NFL day. So that'll be week 17 NFL action. <clears throat> and then Monday, we pick back up with the rest of the bowl games. Uh, kind of a smaller slate than you would normally see on, you know, the first game day after New Year's Eve. We have the ReliaQuest Bowl. Let's see where that is. That's in Tampa. I'm pretty sure that used to be the Outback Bowl. 
um, because that was always like the New Year's Day morning bowl game where we have Mississippi State versus Illinois. Um, Illinois, really, really impressive season this year. They were tough against basically everybody all year long. Uh, They had the near upset of Michigan in November. Mississippi State, uh, slightly disappointing season. They still did pretty decently well. Uh, based on what I was expecting at a mark of eight and four, I thought they might be able to get lucky and push nine or 10 wins. Obviously the tragedy of coach Mike Leach, uh, just from a week or two ago. So the Bulldogs have very heavy hearts and a lot to play for because of that alone. I like Mississippi state in this game. I think Illinois is the better team, but just with all of the external factors that uh, the guys within the guys in Starkville have been dealing with I'm gonna I'm gonna give them the edge although this is only a, they're only a one-point favorite so it's not not too much of a uh, you know difference either way here yeah I like Mississippi State in this one um, I think you know they finished off their season strong in that awesome egg bowl game that we had um, you know I like you said it's it's gonna be interesting how um, the coaching has gone down since Mike Leach's um, passed away but I sorry about that we just had technical difficulties um, but we uh, I was saying about the coaching you know it'll be interesting how um, the coaching has gone down since uh, coach Leach has passed away but I'm definitely rooting for the Bulldogs in this one to get it done for him and I definitely like you said Jackson think uh, they're fighting for a lot and want to do this one for the for the coach yeah so we'll both go with the boys from Starkville there Uh, moving on to that game is at 11 a.m. on January 2nd Monday and then we have the Rose Bowl uh, Utah versus Penn State this is at four o'clock central Utah is a two and a half point favorite. They played in this game last year, barely losing to a uh, impressive Ohio State team in the 2021 season. I think the Utes are just straight up better than Penn State here. They are very similar teams, but I just trust Utah's physical nature and what they showed us that they can do against USC and twice this year um, and other Pac-12 opponents down the stretch. Once again this season, much like last year, they had a pretty slow start, but were able to finish very strong. And um, I like the Utes to win their second straight Rose Bowl here under Kyle Whittingham. Yeah, give me Utah on this one. Um, like like you said, uh, they've definitely proven themselves against uh, USC. Penn State is another team, at least for me, that it's kind of like Washington. It's like nobody's really talking about them, but oh yeah, they finished ten and two and they're ranked eleventh. You know, definitely not a very disappointing season to be playing, finishing and playing in the Rose Bowl at ten and two. But Utah, you know, coming off that high note with uh, against USC, um, they did have three losses. I believe they're the highest three loss ranked team, but. Um, I think they're deserving of their ranking, but I do like Utah in this one. I think they will cover. There's a couple more games on this day that I just don't find too much interest in. 
at noon. Oh, both of these games are at noon. The Cotton Bowl. We have USC playing Tulane. Obviously, one team will be way more inspired to come out in that one than the other. And then at oh yeah, noon we have the second Cheez It Bowl of the season, the Citrus Bowl, which is LSU playing Purdue. LSU is like a two touchdown favorite, so that you know who knows. But that's it for the bowl games. The national championship game is Monday, January 9th uh, in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium at 6.30 p.m. Central. So we will talk about that between now and then. And just to end it with some quick little uh, questions. Will, what is your favorite New Year's Six and non-New Year's Six? Not saying the matchup this year, just bowl game in general. Um, probably my favorite New York New Year's Six uh, bowl game has to go to the Rose Bowl game. You know, you can always expect a good one out of that one. Um, always a very hype game between the uh, Big Twelve or Big Ten and Pac Twelve. And then probably my favorite non New Year's uh, Six bowl game has to go to the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Big mayonnaise guy. Um, always expect a. Uh, blood battle in that one this year NC State and Maryland are playing in that one NC State's a one-point favorite that should actually be a pretty solid game yeah and last year we finally got the uh the wishes of Twitter to come true with the dumping of the tub of mayonnaise on the winning coach's head when Shane Beamer so graciously (laughs) agreed to do that with a charitable donation involved so I think that tradition from what I've heard is going to carry on so you cannot argue with that pick uh couldn't have said it much better myself my favorite New Year's Six game is also the Rose Bowl it just has all of the pageantry and tradition and scenes that make college football so so special with the sunset over the California mountains and always a classic matchup between classic teams, often great uniforms, just the, the 50-50 stadium. It's always sold out. It's it's really hard to beat, and one of the best ways to wind down the college football season on normally New Year's Day. Myself, I love your Mayo Bowl answer, and kind of in a similar um, inspired fashion, I humbly choose the Cheez-It Bowl. I am a big Cheez-It guy myself, and as all of you obviously know when the winning coach is running off the sidelines in the Cheez-It Bowl, they get a entire Gatorade bucket of Cheez-Its dumped on their head. The players often throw them around like they're $1 bills on the trophy stage, and it's just really fantastic scenes. Normally a completely terrible game against two terribly average teams that throw four to six interceptions, a few turnovers, blocked punts, etc. So it's just a big fat mess with lots and lots of Cheez-Its. So how can you argue with that? Now, more specifically, what bowl game are you most looking forward to this year between not so much what the bowl game is, but the the two teams that are going to be facing off? Yeah, and we talked about this earlier, but I think I'm going to go with Notre Dame and South Carolina. Uh, These two teams during this season have kind of had a very similar season with dropping games they shouldn't have and winning games they probably shouldn't have either. Um, So it'll be interesting how they match up against each other. Yeah, that was honestly going to be my answer as well. So just to change it up a little bit, I'll go with Utah-Penn State in the Rose Bowl. Even though this game isn't a playoff setting, uh, it still means a lot to both of these schools. They have very similar strengths and talent levels, and I think that we're just going to get 
yet another classic Rose Bowl game uh, to wind down the afternoon of our holiday weekend. And yeah, I think that'll do it. We pretty much already discussed our playoff picks. So we won't jump too far ahead with that one. But thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for joining the bowl game episode for the second straight year, Will. I appreciate you coming on with us. Yep, thanks for having me on. Um, Always a pleasure whenever Jackson's home for, you know, Christmas. We always have some great conversation. And it's awesome that he's doing the podcast that we can uh, share it with everyone. So, yeah, everybody travel safe to those of you that are still moving around from one city and state to another over the next few days. And we'll be back sometime in the middle of next week after all of this action we just talked about finishes up to preview the national championship game. Goodbye and thank you for listening, everybody. Happy New Year's.